Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Roger, that's Jeff. We were just over Cracker Barrel. I want to let you know they asked about you. How's Roger? So I told them I would let you know. Roger, that's Jeff again. Uh, we're back at Cracker Barrel again. We, they said they have not seen you for like more than 48 hours, so they're a little bit worried about you, so I'm just kind of checking in, make sure you're okay. Jeff, I want to talk about Christmas. I don't know what you've got going on over there. If you want to hit something else first, but you know, um, we're officially in the Christmas season. Thanksgiving is now past. I guess you're we good can, with that. I'm good with that now. Us people that are against holiday overlapping are yeah, now. We're good. about uh, what was the new word? Uh, Holidaying, cross-holidating, holidaying, cross-holidating, cross-holidating. Yeah, cross-holidating, cross-holidating. Right. right. So no, no more cross-holidating because we're already past uh, Thanksgiving. I did one thing related to Thanksgiving. I felt like we kind of missed out. I, I never heard. Was it just me? I never heard about this thing of Giving Tuesday until this year. Is the I mean, every time I turn around this year on Facebook, I'm assuming you saw this and these emails. I really don't know what that is. Giving you Tuesday. Did not see that? You know, no. Of course, you know about Cyber Monday. Yeah, and they all right. know about Cyber Monday. Well, evidently, there's a new. I got. I saw all this stuff about Giving Tuesday. So, like every nonprofit out there was trying to. Well, I did see a flurry of nonprofits. If I didn't well, know that okay, it was, that's what it is. Okay, I didn't know so that. There's this thing now called evidently Giving Tuesday, and I don't know. You know, someone sit in a room somewhere and just decide. Well, who controls well. all this? I don't know, but I kind of missed it because you know I felt like we were missing out on this because. We are not listener supported. We've we mentioned that in our Facebook page. I think we made it pretty clear that if somebody sends us money, that you're just going to spend it on golf. Yeah, so, so there's no need for that. So no. we kind of kind of felt like we got left out on Giving Tuesday. Wow. So I don't know if there's some other holiday for us. But anyway, so wow. we, yeah, maybe we need like a Podcast Friday or something <laughs> where people so can show appreciation to so their favorite podcast. So we're past Thanksgiving. We're past Giving Tuesday. So Christmas. What do you got then? Well, you know, the, the two criticisms I've heard forever from the Christian community about, about Christmas is, one, it's too materialistic, and number two, that it came from a pagan holiday. And so two comments. One is I do get it that you know Christmas could um, give you a reason to be very self-focused, materialistic, and all about what you get, but it's really about giving, which I think is a good thing, and it did come from – the fact that when Jesus was born, and two years later, actually, when it was in a house, the, the wise men showed up with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We don't know how many wise men there were, but we do know there are three gifts. And, uh, you know, nobody accused Mary and Joseph of being, well, you're just materialistic. You know, you're taking all the – also, I like to know whatever happened to all that gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's a whole other podcast, but, you know, yeah, well, you they were loaded. What do you do with it? Yeah, I mean, whatever happened? Did Joseph blow it on a Ponzi scheme or what happened? You not know, exactly what? a practical gift for a newborn. Yeah, a newborn well, the family had. I mean, really, I mean, that is an interesting yeah. idea, though. I mean, this is not a cheap gift. I mean, gold – Frankincense and myrrh were worth a lot of money then. These were kings yeah. that brought them. Yeah. I mean, you could make an easy argument that's worth at least tens of thousands of dollars, maybe equivalent to a you know, million or more dollars in our day. So anyway, but the fact that it's, you know, if Christmas was about, okay, I'm going to go take some money out and go spend it on me, I can see how that would be a problem. But the fact I'm going to buy other people's stuff, enough other people – I guess put too much value in the stuff we get them. That's probably not healthy, but it is about giving, which I think is a good thing. That's my I, first. Yeah, point. I mean, I, I don't get into all the 
some of the pressure of it and the de- I mean, we decorate it, but yeah. honestly, it's, right. I, I don't do a whole lot of that myself. I don't participate. You don't directly. do any of that yourself. I, yeah. I Teresa does. The, I help haul the boxes. You know, up when when they open those gifts, you have no idea what you've just got <laughs> in your kids. Oh, thank you. You're as surprised as they yeah, are. Well, yeah, Teresa you're trying, you're trying to cover that up. Oh, thanks dad. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm glad you like that. Yeah. And inside I'm wondering, what, what, like, what is that? Where'd you get that? That's a great idea. How'd you think of that? I, I do help haul boxes up and down from the basement and and, and, that, <laughs> and all that. But in terms of I could get by with a few less would be fine with me, but I don't resent it at all in terms of. Yeah. So, I mean, that's always been a huge criticism, but the biggest criticism from the Christian community, I would say kind of the religious community over the years has been, well, Christmas was started as a pagan holiday. And fact of the matter, it was in, I guess, the, it was a Roman holiday that celebrated, they said, kind of the birth of the sun, which is kind of a weird thing, but that was on December 25th. And there was an issue where a lot of the Christians were also a part of that celebration. I don't know what all exactly went on. I'm assuming there was drinking and who knows whatever else. I may but, have heard this before, but if I but, did, I forgot. So fill me in. But so what happened is over, over, over time, over to, you know, I think third or fourth century or so, then um, it, it was decided that was going to be a celebration, a Christian celebration of the birth of Christ, even though we don't know for sure when he was born. And so we did on the same day, which was they considered that to be their winter solstice, which they considered that to be really the shortest day of the year. And I think actually, I don't know if that it's a few really days was, off. maybe a few yeah. days off, but yeah, that's what like they thought. Yeah, that's what they thought at that time. Maybe in their calendar it was the shortest day. And I think it was Augustine to one of the, Fathers later on, or no, it wasn't Austin. Some said that, you know, that's, you know, Jesus was born. We celebrate his birth on that day because that's the shortest day. And after that, there's more light with each uh, consecutive day. And then he brought light into the world and all that. But here's my point. You know, I like the fact we hijacked a pagan holiday, took it over, eliminated their pagan holiday, and turned something good into it. I have zero problem with that. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. I mean, I would have been voting for that. Yeah, let's wipe out this silly birthday of the sun holiday, and let's do something good with it. There's, there's, we just, we always have to feel guilty about something. We do. So it's kind of like that, that's you, you can't just enjoy exactly, God. Yeah, right. You can't just enjoy Christ. You can't just celebrate something. You got to find something to feel guilty about. Got to be something we did wrong. But I mean, I have heard this all of my adult life. How horrible it is that you know Christians have Christmas because we know Jesus wasn't born on December twenty fifth. Which is no big deal. I mean, we're not saying it had to be that exact day. We're just celebrating yeah. the birth in a special way, and that you know that we're just it was just a, it's like the, the it's like it's really still a pagan holiday, and we just don't recognize it. But it's about giving, which I think is good. Now you know there's a lot of wacko stuff. I mean, I'm not sure that you know. I mean, there's crazy associated with Christmas, but the essence of it, I think, is giving. It's remember reminder of the birth of Christ. And I like the fact, again, that we hijacked this pagan holiday. And it is good where the whole world kind of, I mean, a large part of the world, and especially the Oh, US, yeah, most countries, of, yeah. Just kind of stops for a day to yeah. a large degree. Except of course, the NBA, you know, the NBA course, keeps going. You know, well, yeah. Basketball games on that and well, you know, the most, games and all that. But. The most famous story of that was in World War One. You know, yeah, the two sides, two sides of trench right. warfare. They're firing each other, and they just came out in the middle and exchanged some gifts and stuff, and then, you know, Quit shooting at each other for the day, then went back to shooting at each other the next day. So it's kind of a bizarre thing, but you know, some families kind of do that too. Come to yeah, think of it. come to think of it, that's maybe that's a you know. But it is nice on. to have a time where families get together and kind of a preset time. And a lot of memories get developed yeah. through the years. A lot of our memories, you know, yeah. growing up, the Christmases, and you go to the 
Yeah. Same place a lot of time. And so, yeah. And I know, too, it's also, I mean, having said that, it's also it can be a, a, a sorrowful time for a lot of people. It can be a painful time if something bad happened in that time. So, or if you're alone, it can be a very sad time. It kind of emphasizes, kind yeah. of highlights, the, yeah. amplifies yeah. The, some of the negative stuff. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, for, you know, centuries after. Christians began to celebrate Christmas. It was all about the birth of Christ, and there were some other things that began to come up with it. You know, Saint Nick and all that, which he was, a, you know, I guess, a Catholic saint way back. And so we got Santa Claus and stuff like that. But you know, there was one thing that came on the scene that was really the first big um, product of um, you know publication, or you know, it was really a book originally that celebrated Christmas, celebrated the family aspect of Christmas without Christ. Okay, so see, yeah, so you told me this before the yeah, podcast, and we I talked know. about not telling us this I know, stuff. So I, I, I already know, so let me go ahead and I'll act like I don't know. I'll act so, like you don't know what I'm oh, going to really, say. Oh, really, Roger? Yeah. What is that? Okay, well, the, the very first thing was uh, when Charles Dickens put out the Christmas Carol. That was the first big thing that came out that... Scrooge. Scrooge, yeah. and Scrooge and all that kind of stuff, yeah. And what was that little... Um, was was like uh, oh gosh I think I Ghost of Christmas Past yeah present, yeah all right stuff. that was yeah, a, I don't remember all the other characters in but it. it was about families about taking care of people it was all good stuff I mean it was, it was I mean that's a great story in that sense it just totally left out the birth of Christ it was nowhere in that story and so you know I, I would say he would have been better off to put that in there somewhere but you know uh, I just find that interesting that uh, that's when for a lot of people. Christmas, you know, is about some good values and some good things, but isn't as much about Christ as I think it probably should be. Occasionally, I think of how long the winter would be without it. You know, it does, it sure yeah. breaks up the winter. So, I mean, after you get past that, then you... Never actually thought of it that way. Then you're only yeah. two weeks away from the new golf season starting up, which I know is oh, big on your radar screen. Two weeks and, after Christmas? Uh, sometimes you, it's a week after, a week or two. They start guess, in Hawaii. You didn't know that? Oh, okay. They yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about jetting to Hawaii to start the golf <laughs> they year. They play two weeks in Hawaii. Then they come back to uh, California in the desert area and all that. So, No, nope, was not aware of that. New, a new season of golf. So, um, yeah, you, you can take anything and bring it back to golf, can't you? I mean, there's just, there's just no limit to So, I, But it does help the winter uh, yeah. go by and, and pass this first part of it. It's it amazing how fast it goes. And so, um, yeah, that's all good. Well, anyway, so for the record, Roger's happy we hijacked a pagan holiday. Roger, I want to continue a little bit on some things that I, from last week. Uh, we talked about that phrase, the Word of God, and, and reading the Bible and all that. But before that, what is that phone that is sitting next that's to my you new on the phone. table here? That's that my is, new iPhone XS Max. Well, you're leaving out of the, the most noticeable well, aspect of it to me is what? Okay, is the cover. I know what you're thinking. It's got It's in a red cover. Now, it's to match my pickup truck. This I have is, a red pickup oh truck. God. And so, you know, you have to have all your stuff coordinate. And so This is now, not just red. This is kind of a well, it's red. neon red. Well, it's okay. It's red. It's a shiny red. Turn it over. Let me see the it's, others. It's, it's red, red on, on the, the back side. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's bright red. Well, you know, here's why I got red because I, I, I don't want to leave my phone somewhere. And I'm less, I'm less likely to leave it if it's a bright red case. In a bright oh, red well, case. that makes sense. But it is. It I is mean, I've always noticeable. had black cases before. And. Um, but I, I changed carriers. I don't know if you want to hear well, that story. Yeah, I don't want to hear all that. Teresa told me I needed to get a new iPhone as well. I'm still using a six or something like that. You mean? So I guess oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, the times or, you mean 
Okay, I thought you still using that flip phone. No, 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 no. No, you still have. This is my. No, you're six. Is yeah, your first iPhone or second iPhone? I forget. But so you're but four I, versions, I five really versions behind. behind. I'm whatever, something like that. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm not sure six or six S. But anyway, one thing. But but also before I get into this, this is totally off topic. That um, this has to do with the uh, um, Neil Armstrong. You know, remember yeah. Neil Armstrong? Yeah, I saw the movie by the way, First Man. Uh, I did his, not see that. Yeah, I did see that. Is that pretty good. Well, the movie is very slow. Okay, it, was, it had a lot of boringness, but it did make me realize just how incredibly risky it was to do what he did. Yeah. And well, if if he was depicted accurately in that movie, he does not have a lot of personality. <laughs> Let me just say that. Well, I mean, they're geeks, you know. They're science. Well, you know, they're not. This goes, really this goes beyond geekdom. So. I mean, I don't know if he was really that. But I saw way, something dude. the other day that I thought was interesting. Take his first name, Neil. Yeah. So you got that pictured in your mind? Had to spell got that. Uh huh. Last name starts with what? Strong. A. Oh. Starts with. Oh, starts with a. Strong. Neil A. You spell that backwards. What do you have? Strong A Neil. Forget strong. Just the first Anil. part of his last name. Aline. Aline. What do you got? I don't know what you're getting at. Alien. What? Alien. Oh, Neil, I get it. Neil A. Spelled backwards is, is alien. alien. So is that a coincidence? I don't know. We need some more research needs to be done into this. So anyway, I just thought that was. I don't know who figures out these things. But anyway, right. last last podcast, we talked some about scripture reading. A couple of things in mind. For one thing, I want to, yeah, I think we made it clear, but I just want to make sure that, you know, I didn't want to cross come across like we're just putting down praying and reading the Bible and no, I pray um, read the Bible. disciplines and things like no, that. No. We're just saying that it can be overemphasized. And, and not that or it's emphasized it's as a discipline. I mean, I think we emphasize prayer as a privilege of talking to your Father God. True, yeah. Not as a discipline where you have to put in so many yeah. minutes a day. And That's I remember, different. I remember, met, you know, I forgot all about this. I remember when we lived in Stanton, some guy, I forget how he got our number. Or how, I, don't know if, I don't even know how we knew he was there, but he was visiting and we picked him up. I forget where he was staying he, to attend the evening service. And he was talking about his, and he was specifically telling me about these different things and how long he had prayed. I remember him saying, yeah, I prayed yeah. for that one for three hours. Or I yeah. prayed about that for two hours. Yeah. And you could tell he was yeah. he was keeping track of it as if God was impressed. But anyway, but the well, idea can, of, I, can, I make, can I make a quick comment about that? Okay. You know, I, I mean, when somebody tells me that, the first thing I think of is a statement from Jesus when he talked to the Pharisees and, and says, they think they will be heard because of their many words. Yeah. It is not the length of your prayer. Every prayer in the Bible is a pretty short prayer. Even the longest prayer, which is probably Jesus' prayer, I guess so with John 17, is still pretty short. And that's another area we can compare to the father-child relationship. For our yeah. children, are yeah. we more impressed when it takes them a long time yeah. to say what they want to say? No, we kind of no. want to know. Yeah. Get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that God looks at us. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Maybe that wasn't the, way, the best way to say it. But Come on, Jeff. Get to get the, the point. point. <laughs> But the idea of the word, I remember, I don't think I mentioned this last week, but I remember several years ago when it was my turn to, to preach at the congregation we used to be part of on a rotating basis and was studying John 1, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And it really hit me that, now it's not the first time, you know, we, we grew up being taught, yeah, Jesus is the living word, but we're always taught you get the written word and you get the living word, and which we, I wonder about that time. Yeah. So scripture doesn't make that really doesn't clarify. That's that. kind of yeah. something we've added on yep. to it. Yep. And I'm not I'm not saying that's totally wrong, but I'm just but it really hit me that and this is the way I, I phrased it then. I didn't like the, these word association games. You know, someone says a word and what's the first thing that comes to mind? 
And so I did this with a few people since back closer to that time. But if you ask the average group of believers, okay, I'm going to give you a phrase. What's the first image that pops up into your mind? And you say the phrase, the Word of God. Oh, well, what's the, the first image? That's yeah, the, the picture of book. Oh, yeah, it's a book. That. Oh, yeah, for sure. Rather than a person. And it dawned on me then, and this is one of those things that I, at that time, now since then I've heard one or two other people say it. But at that time I had not heard anybody else say this. So I was kind of feeling pretty proud of myself. I felt like I had seen something. Maybe God had revealed something to me that that I had seen there that, you know, that Jesus is the word. That when we hear that phrase or we think of that phrase, the word of God, we should think of a person rather than a book. And I thought about that verse in First Peter. Yeah, that changes a lot of stuff. That changes a lot of perceptions and interpretations on a lot of scriptures yeah. when you do and that. I, and I, I did a study one time, not a real thorough, but the ones I could think of in the New Testament, whenever Jesus or any of the other New Testament writers refer to the Old Testament, they never, ever refer to it as the Word of God. Right. They never say... You know, the Word of God says, right. blah, 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 you know, quote there. It is always either it is written, Jesus would say it is written, or he would say the law and the prophets, or Moses and the prophets, or Scripture. You know, mm-hmm. New Testament writers might say Scripture. All Scripture mm-hmm. is given by inspiration of God. Right. And so it's just interesting that they don't use that, that term, the Word of God. And I've heard someone say that, you know, the term Word of God or that Scripture never refers to itself as the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That may be true. I, you know, I'm, I haven't really studied all that out. But I think there is a tendency when we read, particularly in the New Testament, the phrase Word of God, we immediately think of a book mm-hmm. when most of them couldn't read. And I thought of this verse in 1 Peter 2, 5, and this the, the in the King or New King James says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And I remember hearing that preached and thinking, okay, that's how I'm going to grow. The more Bible I read, the more I'll grow. And it just doesn't quite work like no. that. There's a lot of very ungodly people through the years that knew a ton of Scripture. Knew a ton of Scripture, and right. And then other translations don't even have the word word there. It just talks about pure spiritual milk. So I think there's a difference mm-hmm. in the... But the idea, you know, when they heard that, what did they think of? So when... You know, when, he, when Peter writes this, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word or desire spir- spiritual milk that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So, you know, what, you know they didn't think about reading, right. sitting down and reading a book when they heard that. I think they talked about, I thought they thought of the idea of, of thinking and considering and meditating on just the basic truth. Of, of who Jesus is. You know, I was always kind of fascinated by the, you know, we, we always use the verse in Hebrews four, twelve, where it says, for the word of God is living and active, uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. We always say, well, that's the Bible, you know, piercing for the, to the division of soul and spirit to join tomorrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight. So I believe that his there refers back to the word. He didn't say from its sight. And so I believe when it's talking about the sword of the Spirit, he's talking about really Jesus, or maybe you could say the Holy Spirit. The expression, uh, Hebrews 1, God has spoken to us in these last times, but today he has spoken to us through his Son. Through his Son. So the Word became flesh. So my goal is that through the years, more and more people, when they hear the phrase, the Word of God, they think of a person before. Because we don't realize, I think you'd agree with me here, that uh, for a lot of us, for, for you and me both, I think for a lot of our years, 
you know, we knew God. So it's not that we didn't know God. It's not that we weren't believers. But to a large degree, our relationship was more with a book oh, yeah, totally. than it was a person. It's almost like he, it's like the book's the third person of the Trinity, oh, yeah. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Book. Oh, yeah. So, again, this is not to put down Scripture. It's not to minimize that. But I, I think this is going to sound heretical, but I think we can overemphasize the Bible. You know, I think oh. we can elevate the Bible beyond the, the person of the living Christ. No, I, I, I agree with that. It. I mean, the Bible, I believe the Bible is all inspired, all inerrant. But it, it's a it's a, a pathway. It's a it's a guide. But it's not the end. The it's end result is to someone. Right. The objective is not to get to know the book, right. but to get to know the person. To get to know the person who inspired the book and the person about whom the book is written. You know, another scripture I get uh, sometimes hammered with, Jeff, when we talk about grace and the fact that it's all about what God does for you and not what you do for God. Somebody will inevitably say to me, well, you got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. And, of course, when they mean doer of the word, they mean the Bible. And and it seems like to me they mean you've got to do all the stuff in the Bible. And I think, really? So you do the a, word and not hearers only. only. So don't just be sit, listen to stuff, but you've got to do what's in the Bible. That's the whole, you know. And so they get this out of James 1, where it says, uh, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. And immediately he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what manner of man he is. Now that's, first of all, is talking about, that the word, even then, whether it's written or it's talking about Jesus being the word, is not so much doing stuff that's laid out in the Bible, but looking at yourself and realizing that you are different because of what Jesus has done for you. And he goes on to talk about that. You're looking into the perfect law of liberty. Um, and so to take that and turn that around and say, well, what he really means by that is you've got to do all the stuff in the Bible, completely negates grace, yeah. completely negates the good news of the gospel, completely flips all that upside down. But there's about probably six or eight scriptures in the New Testament that I believe people take out of context, twist it around to try to obligate you to not put your confidence in what God has done for you, but to put your confidence in all the stuff you're doing for God. And this is one of the primary scriptures they use, and I believe misuse, to do that. And you can look at scripture, particularly the New Testament, either way. Yeah. Really, the entire scripture, you look at it from a law-based perspective or a grace-based right. perspective, and I think that's a large part of what's talking about rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah. And see, I would, I, would, I would say somebody who does the word, I believe the word there is talking about Christ for one thing, but doing the word there in that context, I believe, means looking at yourself the way Jesus looks at you, just understanding who you are in Christ. I believe that is what a doer of the word is. And so as you hear, and we say hearing, so we yeah. hear uh, if my sheep hear my voice. And so yeah. as we hear the voice of God, the spirit of God within us, reflecting of who we are, then we do according to who he's who we hear him say we are. Yeah. I like and that. I would say, I and I would that. say somebody who's a hearer only is somebody who never internalizes it. They just kind of hear the guy, oh, yeah, I've got that, I heard that. But they don't understand that it's the good news that applies to them of what Jesus oh. has done for them. Um, reminds me of Hebrews. If you hear his voice, harden right. not your heart. Right. So, I mean, it's, right. it's, and that's all about the sin of unbelief. Right. right. You know, not about doing, not doing enough, but the sin of unbelief. But, but so, this idea that you, to be a doer of the word, you get and that's what I used to believe. I used to believe you have to do, not do all the stuff you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Really, at least through the Gospels and through the New Testament, if not the entire Bible. I mean, okay, I, I give up now. That's where you really, then you, okay, you, you couple that with, 
and we're supposed to read the Bible more. So in that way, okay, the more I read, the well, more stuff I got to do. A lot so, of people do feel that way. So, I don't want to. Why do know? I want to read it if I'm just gonna? It's gonna make me feel that much more guilty about all the stuff I'm yeah. not doing. You know, two funny things I think Christians have done over the years. A lot more actually than two, but two that have come up. Uh, people have said to me over the years is that one that you know well the more I know or read the more I'm obligated to do because that's the way they see it is the manual God's handbook to me about what I'm supposed to do the other one I've heard people say often not over the years that if they thank God for something or rejoice or they're happy about something they're afraid to do that because they think that's when the devil's going to get them when they express that then the devil's going to figure out they're doing all right and they're happy and they're afraid that's going to rile up the devil to come you know Pound on their head, I suppose. The other, you mentioned that doers of the word reminded me of, and I thought of this uh, a while back, the familiar verse that Jesus quoted in Temptation, Matthew 4 4. But I saw something there I hadn't seen before one day. It says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that what? Comes from the mouth that of That proceeds God. from the mouth of God. Right. And it struck me that that proceeds is present tense. Think about that. Hmm. But by every word, not that proceeded, proceeded. from the mouth of God 4,000 years ago or yeah, that's a great 2, point. 2,000 years yeah. ago or 1,950 years ago, written by Paul or whatever, yeah. you know, you live by all these words that long time ago proceeded from the mouth of God. No, it says, but by every word that proceeds, a present tense, from the mouth of God. Wow, that's a great and point. And so I think that is the idea, and so it dovetails with what you mentioned, that we're hearing the voice of the shepherd, not a condemning voice, not a, not the voice and we've talked about it and heard someone else mention recently, it's not the voice of a judge or an employer, but the the voice of a father or a encouraging coach that's on on our side. But we, we do have a tendency to look at all these things. I've, I've got a good quote. I want to kind of bring that in. Yeah, there. go ahead. That, that kind of fits with this. Uh, Alan Wright, a guy that I, I see a lot on Facebook and enjoy his stuff, he's been in the book of Galatians. And I wrote this down. I thought it was so good. He said, Paul, so it's within the context of Galatians. Paul's passionate plea is filled with irony. In order to escape the clutches of sinful habits, you have to relinquish your determination to try harder to be a good person. So he talks about it toward the end of Galatians, mm. for it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Right, read it one more time to me. So Lay it Paul's, on. Paul's passionate plea is filled with irony. In order to escape the clutches of sinful habits, you have to distinguish, or excuse me, you have to relinquish your determination to try harder to be a better person. Wow. That in order, you know, we all know to some extent what it is to be in the clutches of sin of some sort or another, maybe small or large to some degree or another, and we all know the the desire to want to be free from that. The natural tendency is, okay, the way to be free from that is I've got to be determined to try harder to be a better person. The message of Galatians is just the opposite. Well, that's our whole, you know, that's one of our favorite stories. You know, the girl that comes back from church camp and the mom and dad ask her how was camp. He's, oh, it was great. You know, same old, same old. Uh, we're bad. God's good. Try harder, you know. And Okay, since you mentioned that. I okay. Think, I think we can, something we've talked about ourselves, but we can mention the podcast. We, of course, we, we've made no, uh, we've been uh, very uh, open about the fact that we are uh, admirers of Andrew Farley. Yeah, we're fans. No question so about so it. We're fans and all that. Hope would love to visit there someday. Well, this past Sunday, both in the morning message and in the afternoon Q&A session that he does nationwide and in Canada answers questions live, he referred to that story yeah. from our book. Yep. And because we sent him a copy of the book a month or two ago. and it's So we're going to call up and ask him sometime, Andrew, where would you get that story? <laughs> and that story actually came from Wayne Jacobson in our book. We credit Wayne right. with that. We saw right. you know, author that was Wayne the Jacobson. originator. 
And um, so Andrew just mentioned, well, I you know heard the story about the girl from youth group, and he changes a couple little details. Actually, it's a little different when he told it in the morning versus the afternoon, but it is too close to that story that's in yeah. our book yeah. to, to not be from our book. Well, then ironically, kind of separate from that, talking to a friend of mine that lives in Amarillo a few days ago. Uh, he and his wife went on our Israel trip. That Teresa and, and that's where that's where Andrew Farley is in San, is San Antonio, in, right? No, he's in Andrew Farley's in Lubbock. Lubbock. Oh, so Lubbock. I have a friend in Amarillo. So both in the Panhandle. Oh, I see. Okay, Amarillo is about I think about an hour and a half, two hours north of Lubbock. Okay. Well, this friend mentioned to me in a message said, uh, "Don't be uh, envious, but I'm going to be attending Andrew Farley's church this Sunday." So this like just a couple days ago. So it's huh. this coming Sunday. Yeah. And they're going to be in Lubbock for something else, and they have a son that lives in Lubbock, so they're playing on. And and he only knew about Andrew because of our podcast. He listens to our podcast, mm-hmm. and so I, uh, so I said, "Well, that'd be great. You know, hopefully, you have a chance to meet Andrew afterwards." And I kind of joked with him. I don't think I told you about this part. And he's not actually going to do this, but I thought how funny it would be if he has a chance to meet Andrew afterwards and say, uh, "Andrew, my name's such and such. I'm an attorney representing Guild Brothers. <laughs> well. I want to talk to you about the uh, unauthorized use of the material." <laughs> but then I told my friend, I said, "No, we. Yeah, I said, I'm just joking, just kidding. We've stolen from Andrew a whole lot more than he would ever steal from oh, us." Oh, listen, so I got to we'll, tell you, most of my best ideas came from other people. So we'll uh, so. we're willing to let it slide and um, not send a. Uh, Cease and desist. Yeah. So, but I thought that was very direct. But it will be interesting if he does meet him afterwards to see if he uh, – yeah. and he'll tell him, oh, I, I think you've heard of a friend of mine because I yeah. call into the show occasionally. So Andrew recognizes well, my name, I think, from calling in. I'll well, see if he owns but up to we'll, it. Uh, We're big fans. So. But you're, be, uh, if you're listening, Andrew, we love you and uh, love your stuff. Wouldn't mind having you on the, on the podcast someday when we uh, when Roger gets the technology part of that uh, figured Ugh, out. So. Okay. Hey, Jeff, before we jump in here again, you know, Lori and I are talking about making a really big decision for us, and that is, now brace yourself, we're thinking about getting a dog. A dog? A dog. I've seen a picture of you with a cat lately. Yeah, I have a cat. cat. I have a cat, yeah. Which we, we... We never have talked about you having a cat, but yeah, go ahead. that's Ragamuffin. We talk about Ragamuffin okay. sometimes. She's a bobtail cat. I thought, but anyway. I thought our family was a dog family. I didn't realize that. I'm not, I've never cat. been a dog person in my life, ever. What about Snoopy? I never was that attached to Snoopy. I mean, my, Snoopy, for those who don't know, which is pretty much everybody other than me and you and Mom, Snoopy yeah. is not the cartoon character. It was yeah. a dachshund that we a had dachshund, growing yeah. up. I mean, I guess maybe when I was a little kid, I was attached to Snoopy. But anyway, we're looking, looking at two different dogs. We've narrowed this down to two breeds. So if you have an opinion on this, we literally have been reading all kinds of comparisons between the Airedale Terrier and a, um, a Doberman. Both are very good family dogs, good protection, a lot of qualities, both smart, tons of things. There's a few little differences. Um, you travel it, some, so I guess you all thought that. Yeah, we have, we have figured that, that out. We figured out how we could handle that. But uh, for, you know, just for security and all that, for when I am gone and Lori stays behind, she would like that. We, so anyway, if you have Roger at uh, thefieldsbrothersshow.com, if you have a... Uh, an opinion on which dog is best. Uh, is let the me email know. address thefieldsbrothershow.com or just thefieldsbrothers.com? The fields, I'm sorry, thefieldsbrothers.com. Okay, yeah, so thefieldsbrothers.com. Fieldsbrothers. Okay. And so let me know what you think of the differences between whether you prefer a Doberman or an Airedale Terrier. So, well, let us know. Keep us posted. I will. All these emails come flooding in with that. This we, is a, 
it's a big deal to us. You know? we're, we're not close to getting a dog, but we haven't totally ruled it out someday because um, yeah. we have the backyard fenced in now, so that makes it a little bit easier. Well, I've now, got it still fixed in a couple of gates. I've got a fenced-in yard, but it's not really dog-proof. It's mostly wooden fence, and some of us got the wire fencing with the wood, you know, that will keep a dog out or in. Barry, I, w- I want to tell you one little, one separate thing, but before that, um, a little more on this idea of prayer and, and reading scripture and all that. Tell me if you were ever like this. I remember when we were in stands, and I, you know, we were there 10 years. So I preached pretty much every Sunday morning, Sunday night for 10 years. And I wanted the church to do well. I wanted to do it right. I wanted it to be blessed by God. And I wanted to be the next John MacArthur, Chuck Swindoll, or Charles Stanley. That's when Andy was just a little boy growing up, I guess. But And I knew that I didn't want it to be built on just entertainment because I didn't figure I was all that entertaining to begin with. And so we, I wanted it to be done right. So... Somewhere I got the idea that if I was an extra, if I was extra holy and pure and good in my own personal life, and I spent a lot of time in prayer during the week, and I fasted occasionally, and if I was just really, really close to God and kind of super spiritual, then I could get up in the pulpit, I would speak the truth out of Scripture, and people would just... They would, it would be, I heard someone say, not, not about me, but they said someone else up close to the spout where the glory comes out, you know, <laughs> to where they would just sense that God is speaking to them through yeah, that. Yeah. And I look on that now and kind of just cringe and laugh a yeah. little bit both. I mean, could you relate to that? Oh, yeah, you? totally. There, there, I mean, there are a lot, were a lot of ministries that kind of gave you that impression that, you know, if you were just, you know, you had to be the man of God. If you're the man of God and you were close to God, pure and holy, then you could preach with um I mean, a lot of them, they would say, you, you know, you bring the conviction to them. In other words, you would be more effective in making people feel guilty is what it really came down to. Yeah. You would know, be very good at that as long as you were more holy. But it's a – and I, tell me if you ever experienced this. I know at times when – then we go on vacation. So say I take a week off. We go to vacation. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I didn't have near the desire to yeah. spend time in prayer to yeah. read the Bible if I wasn't preaching that way. Right. And I remember at the time thinking – well, that's a little odd, a little yeah. embarrassing, and yeah. kind of feel guilty about that. Now, you know, yeah. since then, that I'm not preaching hardly at all anymore. It's yeah. you know, it's more of a day to day relationship, which is good. Yeah. So much of the ministry ends up being a career issue rather than a real just life way, and, way of life. And that idea of being the man of God. Part of the problem is there are certain people who really, really enjoy being the man of God, yeah. and there's a bunch of other people that enjoy having someone be the man of God. Right. So it's a right. ready-made recipe for yeah. kind of uh, getting off track and because people, a lot of people, some people like to be up a stage and other people want somebody up on stage that they feel yeah. is closer to God than them. So. I heard a statistic today, um, actually from Ken in our organization, that was telling me that, oh, gosh, I have to look this up so I can cite it uh, maybe next podcast, but that um, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds of pastors a day quit the ministry mm-hmm. i mean it's just astounding and it's really set up to just put them under too much pressure um, they cannot be everything people think they ought to be they know they can't do it and the pressure is just enormous and there are many that would get out if they had another way financially yeah, yeah. to be able to do that it's very yeah. sad yeah, it is that. yeah but the um, and that's part of i mean i enjoy talking to people in that situation to encourage them and to yeah the um but yeah what do you say oh okay so what do you say to i mean do you say that they should just what take some of the pressure off of themselves you tell them that they should consider getting out of the 
a career well, ministry? I don't. Or? I mean, it's not a real frequent conversation of hand, so it's not like I have a bunch of them to kind of draw on. But yeah, you know, I think more hypothetically, it would depend on each situation. You know, I think there will be some where where God will lead to stay in that for a, mm-hmm. for some time, and others may not. Um, but it, it is challenging. My heart does go out to those. I'm glad that. We made the break when I did earlier in life, but it was challenging then. And I've, yeah. I've shared a little bit before on that podca- on podcast about yeah. that. But um, Well, I feel blessed many times. I mean, I've got, I've said before, I get to lead, um, we call it Blitz Ministries now. We do kids blitz and fan blitz events in churches around America. And I'm very thankful that I do this rather than I'm in a local local church ministry. One little thing I wanted before we, uh, before we end this, um, I'm part of a, and you know some of this, uh, part of a new nonprofit organization here in, here in town called Access Ministries or Access Kentucky Ministries. It's for those with special needs. I didn't know the name of it. Okay. And so our, of course, Teresa and I have six children. Uh, many people listening to this podcast, probably most people listening to this podcast, may not know that our fifth child has Down syndrome. His name is Josiah. We have five boys and a girl. Josiah is the fifth child. He has Down syndrome. He will be 24 here in just a couple of wow, weeks. Wow, that's hard to believe. And he, we did not know before he was born. We didn't, of course, it would not have changed anything. We certainly would have gone through with the birth, but we did not know. Um, th- there had been one little thing showed up in an ultrasound when, when he was in the womb, but then they did another ultrasound and decided that wasn't anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that really was an indication of his condition with Downs or not. But So as far as we knew, everything was fine. He was born during the middle of the night. I'm walking down the the hall back to the um, the waiting area to tell our parents you know he's born and doctor stopped me so this is like three o'clock in the morning stopped me in the nurse's station and said jeff i think the baby has down syndrome hmm. and so that was the first news so he went in with me to tell Teresa. but anyway the point is and, and he's been a blessing and and he, he's i tell people he's the most authentic person you'll ever meet and you, and you yeah. know you've been around he's him. a lot of fun if he's, he doesn't great. like you he yeah. won't pretend yeah. that he does. He won't. No, he's very real. <laughs> it's like he literally has no capacity to pretend yeah. to put on a front like yeah. the rest of us do. So, yeah. but so there's this nonprofit organization started by a friend of ours that we've known for 40 years, Brewster McLeod. He retired as minister, pastor of special needs, a large congregation here in Lexington. And he's, he's the founder of Jesus Prom. He pretty much well came, known. Up, I think yeah. came up with that That's idea his deal. Jesus Prom, even before Tim Tebow got, got in. Oh, yeah, way before that. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so Brewster's been doing that. So we've got reconnected with Brewster over the last 10 years or so because of these events that Josiah would be involved with. And Brewster has a tremendous heart uh, for that community. And anyway, they are the first main project. There may be others, but the first main project is to start a coffee house that will employ people with special needs. So we're hopeful that Josiah will be able to works up there we really don't know if he wants to or not we're going to definitely encouraging there it's an but, amazing idea but I think he, it's um, a great idea. and it's been done a time or two there's a few other places in the country and mm-hmm. that we researched out but hopefully if all goes as planned sometime next spring and we think we've got a location down there's already been an amazing amount of money already been donated toward this and brewster has meant so much to so many people and likes yeah. for the last yeah. 40 years yeah, he's a rock star in so, this community for sure and so he um a lot of people that are express their appreciation to him, and also have a heart for what he has a heart for in this area of, of special needs. So hopefully here in the spring in a few months, um, I'll be able to report about a coffee house opening up. And uh, it's kind of ironic because I don't drink coffee, and I'm on the board of a group that's opening yeah, coffee I don't house. much either. I'm into tea, so, but, you know. Well, no, we're going to have tea. We are going to have tea. Yeah, I see. I would do that. Now, what, what's it going to be called? What's the coffee yeah, house? Well, Brewster's Coffee House. Brewster's Coffee and House. And the subtitle is Brewster's Coffee House 
Brew unto others. Brew unto others. Do you get that? Yeah, I got brew it. Brew unto yeah, others. Yeah, yeah, so, others. So yeah I got it. Others, yeah, so it did not go brew. over my head. I got and it. Brew yes. is a play on the word coffee. You brew coffee, and Brewster's yep. name starts with brew. It all fits. So yep. Brewster's Coffee House, brew unto others. So we're kind of excited about that and um, interested to see how that goes. And, and that's definitely uh, been a blessing. And that's just, you know, Josiah has taught some taught me some things about just the nature of God. Yeah. He is so sincere. Sometimes you wonder, okay, who's the normal one and who's the yeah, normal one yeah, in some of these things. Yeah. But he just enjoys what he enjoys. He has yeah. no fear of man. He doesn't yeah. care what anybody thinks about it. Very free. We'll go out. He'll be dressed really goofy with some weird combination yeah. that kind of embarrasses us. It doesn't bother him in the least. He yeah. doesn't care what you think. But he just enjoys what he enjoys, and he enjoys the Lord yeah. and is a believer. And just that simplicity and that relationship that he yeah. has that my relationship with him, sometimes, you know, the gap between me and God is a whole lot bigger than the gap between me and Josiah. And yeah. so I have to kind of come down to Josiah's level, and I'm glad to do so. Yeah. And we can enjoy each other. And when I see my heart going out to Josiah like that, I wonder, you know, that's that's a small representation of how God's heart, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God is our Father. His heart comes out to us. He doesn't need us to do stuff. Yeah. He has put his life in us to be part of that family and to know that, that we are in Christ, that we are part of in his son and loved by the Father. All right. And I'm, I'm, and I'm going to look forward to going over to Brewster's Coffee House. Is that right? Brewster's Coffee House, yes. Coffee House and getting some tea from Josiah. Hey, Roger here. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have a comment or question, I mean, you can get a hold of us through either Roger at thefieldsbrothers.com or Jeff at thefieldsbrothers.com. We have a website. Holy! Fieldsbrothers, thefieldsbrothers.com. Right. Feel free to let us know. We just appreciate you listening. And we have a Facebook page. We should tell them that, too. They can check that out. The Fields Brothers Show is the Facebook page. Occasionally, there's some discussion there about uh, what happens on the show. So, and there's a book. We have a book. Breaking the Hex. Breaking the Hex. Find on Amazon. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Thanks for listening.